Yo, y'all ain't heard this voice in a while. It's your boy. Welcome back to another episode of Wholesome and a Wholesome. I know. I feel like I haven't posted an episode in forever. Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm going to tell y'all why. Um, I don't really got no good excuse to be honest besides laziness and procrastination. But we'll get into all that. I got a great episode coming live from the quarantine. Oh, this shit is whooping my ass right now. But ain't no corona, though. But like I said, we got a great episode. We're going to talk about a lot of great things. Somebody tried me not long ago to ask me, do I believe in love? Just because I said I want to go back to thotting or something like that. We're going to talk about that. This five-second rule thing I discovered. This is a fucking amazing and life-changing theory. Well, it's not even a theory. It's scientifically backed, to be honest. And then, um, I guess, who you surround yourself with. Um... Not necessarily that aspect of it, but everyone wants to be surrounded by such high quality people. But are you yourself even a high quality person, you know, type shit? And then that should be it. Might have some some wrinkles in there. It's early right now due to procrastination, but let's get to it. At first, this corona thing was cool, but now it's getting too much. I feel like life is on pause, bruh, and we're just wasting months away. Like, I just want I just want to get it and move on with my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, this quarantine thing is getting to me, truly. Although, there are some good things. Like, people are at their utmost creative right now. The content that's being pushed out on all social media platforms, bruh, people have never been this funny, ever. Like, we get some great stuff. Like, Twitter, you're going to laugh for hours straight, nonstop. TikTok is booming right now. Everybody TikToking and shit. So, I mean, on that aspect, it's cool, but it's just getting too much. I want to get back to these streets. I miss them. Thinking about all the times I didn't go out because I didn't feel like it. I regret it now. I should have kept my streak. I literally was, like, 50 weekends straight outside, and I broke it. And now look at me, goofy as hell. My birthday coming up, about to probably not do shit. They talk about the peak of this won't be till like July. Do you know what that means? There won't be no summer, bruh. Oh, man, I'm I'm a little fortunate though. I guess in this whole situation, um, my job I work in the lab, so my job is still going. I'm still getting paid. I know a lot of people. Um. They're like, how do you sick days? The sick days are up. They're not getting paid no more. Or they were laid off. And that's extremely unfortunate because these aren't circumstances you could freaking control, you know? Um, but I guess on that aspect, I unfortunately, at first, I was annoyed. When Maryland went to like lockdown, all the non-essential businesses had to close. I was ready to be home. Come to find out we're an essential business. Oh, I was livid. But now I guess it's it's a bright spot in there. I'm also not spending no money, saving a lot. So hopefully trying to do some good things with that. Um, see the positive out of this. We about to get them stimulus checks. I'm telling all my niggas, invest that hoe. Somebody gonna flip that twelve hundred into a a new lifestyle for themselves. Why not us? Why not you? You know. But let's get into this episode. We got a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, I forgot why I didn't post. I guess the past two weeks. These are not good excuses. Totally invalid. Like one, I was tired that whole week. I was stressed. So I didn't post, I didn't post, which is like, it takes 10, 15, 20 minutes. So like, bruh, that's, I'm sorry. 
that was terrible of me. And then the second time, I was like, well, I'm trying to switch what day I post episodes to, like, Sunday at 5 p.m. So I just won't post it in the week, I guess. And I should have recorded during the week. But I've started some new things, so I've been busy, and boom. Now I'm recording now, Sunday morning. So it's just, I mean, I guess this one's technically not late. But it'll, obviously, when you're listening to this, it'll, it will just have dropped. Hopefully, it's Sunday. Hopefully, it's Sunday late afternoon. Let's let's pray for that. But yeah, so just procrastination. Um, and everyone goes through those. That just shows you, like, you take 10 steps forward, you're always going to take steps back. It's just when do you put a cap to it. You know, you only want to take 10 steps forward, but you don't want to take 10 steps back or 11 steps back. You want to take maybe one or two steps back and then get back to moving forward again, another 10, 15 steps. And later on, it's in- inevitable. You're going to take some steps back. You have to, you know. It's not going to be all pieces and cream the whole time or it wouldn't be worth it, you know. So that's that. Uh, okay, we got some great stuff to talk about. Let's hop into these things right now. So the other day on Snapchat, it was like this questioning going around and people kept asking me like my body count. I mean, I don't have a problem saying it. I'm not ashamed of it or anything. It's like one. So, <laughs> but uh, so some girl slid up. She's like, do you believe like in love? I guess like she didn't want to be disrespectful. She was honestly curious, I guess, with, because I always talk about I want to go back to these streets. I miss the streets, which I really do at times. But like today, I just posted a story, a snap, a story from TikTok. Well, I put a I put a video from TikTok on my snap story. And this is a guy like every morning he comes out and he lays on like his girl's lap, and she's like he does this every morning. And oh, I'm ready to retire from the streets. If it's, if that's what comes after, I'm ready to be done with these streets. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so she was like, "Do you believe in love?" I was like, "Yeah, I believe in love." Like, why wouldn't I? She was like, "Well, I guess like the lifestyle you live, I guess wouldn't show that." I'm like, "Bro, all right." Here's the thing: I don't want a divorce. That's one, right? I don't want to cheat on anybody. That's two. And three, at the least, if this the only thing I can give my family and my future girl is at least all the love, obviously, I can give them and loyalty. And then I want them to be feel financially safe and secure, you know? Not necessarily be rich, just be able to do what we want, when we want, how we want it, and not really be restricted by necessarily money, you know? Excuse me, I had a burp. Um, and so... <clears throat> And you can break this down to three parts, all right? So first, the financial security. You got to work really hard early on to kind of get it, if you're going to get it at that time, right? And you'll probably listen to um, an interview I haven't released yet with my friend Adrian Scott. He does a lot of sneaker reselling. He has own business, Fast Break Kicks. Shout out to them. Go follow him. Um, before that episode dropped, he said he's also a psychology and sociology double major, like he's done with school. And he said, when you, you know, split your attention between two tasks, one will suffer. You know, you won't be able to do both equally. That's the first thing. And one, you know, you definitely will do a lot le- worsen or it won't reach the same capability as it could have if you put all your energy into each one separately at different points in times. So when trying to create that's something that's going to be able to feed your family. Um, that's not necessarily a career where you just work for somebody because you that puts you at the mercy of somebody else. And it's not that I hate working for people. I just think it's the way it's done is extremely unfair. Like, people will pay you just enough so you don't quit, right? Just enough. Like, depending on your level of education, they'll pay you enough so you don't quit. That's one. Two, think about it this way, bro. A job will fire you, and you can't show up tomorrow. You're done. But when you try to leave 
or essentially firing them, you got to give them a two-week notice. And that's not obviously the the root of it. That's just like an example, you know, like of the double standard when it comes to works and jobs. And so when trying to create something for yourself like that, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take a lot of strength. Um, and if it's, you're trying to do that and it's at the time where you're trying to split your attention between 10, 15 different things, your mental stability, your relationships, your work, your regular work, and the thing you're trying to create, something will suffer. And in that aspect, I feel like at our age especially, it's not the time for us to let stuff suffer. It's just time to get it done and let it build. Because if it suffers now, I don't think you'll have the time to rebuild it later as you get more responsibilities. Um. The sec so that takes care of that. The second thing I said I don't want I don't want no divorce. I don't want to cheat. Um when you look at divorces and cheating, what are the causes? Obviously money is one money doesn't bring happiness, but money also doesn't bring unhappiness, right? Oh, money makes sure you're not unhappy is what I meant to say. So obviously that ties into the last point segment. There's a lot of cheating um is done through insecurities or curiosity, right? Especially on a man's part. I, I can't speak for the woman. Um, you kind of see someone they're like oh, physically, like I wonder what it'd be like. Uh, and that ties into another point I'm going to go over today. So keep that in the back of your mind. But so that curiosity, right? And that's a lot of time drives guys or insecurities themselves. Um, and it takes time to truly heal from all the past stuff and to get a mental state where you're no longer insecure. Uh, and... That's all part, obviously, the healing process. We all have gone through things in our early 20s, and I'm trying to make sure I am at my best, most mentally stable and emotionally healed self possible when I get in that relationship. So I know at the end of it all, I won't have regrets. And that leads me to the third point. I want to live my life with no regrets, right? Um, And the only way I know how to do that is to make sure I'm doing everything to my best and I can don't look back and be like, I wish I had. Um, a lot of people also get divorces because they married the wrong person early. What's the most valuable thing that's ever given to us? It's not money. It's our time and our loyalty. Um, and once you, those are things you lose, you can't get back. And if it's one thing, um, I really don't want to do is waste someone's time. Because I could, I could say I was with you for a year or two, and I really appreciated you, right? And... It's not meant to be. And I see that, right? And you might not because love is a two-way thing. You could love me way more than I love you. Or you could love me and I'm realizing it's not going to work. It works for you, but it doesn't work for me. You know, and I end it and I just wasted two, three years of your life or however long. I just cost you a lot of pain. I was an empathetic person. I don't want anyone to go through anything I wouldn't want to go through. You know, so that's that's the reason why I live my life in a way now. Where I'm not necessarily looking for love. Love is not something you walk, you you look for, and it's something that just happens. You know, at one point in time, you'll meet someone, right, and you'll spend some time with them, but you'll still be doing whatever you want to do. But over time, you'll want to spend more time with them, and then you'll reach a point where spending time with them will be a priority over whatever else you're doing in your life. You're traveling, you're partying, whatever, and a switch in your head will happen where. You value your time with them way more than you value your time with everything else. Your idea of, f- of fun, what entertains you, what you rather do is be with that person than anything else. And that's when I think true love happens. Uh, love that's without expectations and not 
like when I say without expectation, I think true love is giving without expecting anything in return, you know, and that's when <clears throat> that that's I feel like that's the love I'm looking for. And so like I'm not walking through life not looking for like completely closed off. I'm just walking through life open heart, open mind. But I'm not gonna force anything. I'm not gonna create any false expectations for myself out of anybody I meet, and I'm for sure not gonna put my life on pause. With for the idea that someone might maybe want to give me a little bit of their time, because that's what a lot of y'all do. Y'all meet someone, and y'all so like prioritizing relationships and love because you're so scared of being alone, which I talked about in a previous episode. So go back and listen to that if you're one of these people, that you start creating a false sense of what's actually happening, and you're forcing everything, you know? And I don't know, that's just not what I want out of life. And and so this leads me to my next thing, <laughs> and I think this is why most women are like this. Women want toxic, and I don't even believe in the word toxic. I think toxic is just one person wants someone, and the other person doesn't really want them back, but they don't really see those signs. But women want toxic, but I'm going to tell you a story. So one time, there's a girl, um, I guess I did stuff with her, right? But I really wasn't interested in her at all. Like, not the least bit for real. Like, she's cool people, it's just not my type. Um, And so, like, one day or something like that, like, I don't know her. She's just like, I, you, you know, we should be together. You make me happy. I'm like, no, I'm not a good guy. I'm really toxic, like you don't want me. And she's like, yes, I do. I was like, bro, I won't make you happy. She's like, you'll make me happier than I am now. I'm like, I'm telling you, no, <laughs> like I'm for these streets, girl. Like, no, she like insisting like, yes, yes. And they were, we had this conversation over and over and over again. But obviously as a immature person, I still like hit her up if I'm like, man, I need a, a nut real quick. Like, what you doing? Pull up or where you at? What's up? Type shit, right? I'd still do it. Like, if I need my nut, I'm going to get my nut. So I guess I, I was, like, string her along. Now, every time we get in that car, I'm like, bro, I'm not the one. I'm toxic, bro. You do not want me at all. <laughs> I don't even, I barely even love myself. I'm, I'm going to love you type shit. Um, but then one day she was like, like, and she's, like, forcing it. So one day she was like, I know you, like, you're a good guy. I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, I know myself more than you, you know me. Like, no, I'm not the one for you. Like, it's just like telling me I'm a good person. I'm, I'm telling her, no, I'm not. Like, you don't know me like you think you do. Like, bruh, I'm a fuckboy. Cut cut it out. I belong to these streets 100% right now. Especially at that point in time. Yeah, 100% for these streets. So then one day, she hit me up. She's like, come over. I was like, nah, I'm not on that right now. <laughs> and she spazzed off me. And she's like, you ain't shit. I thought I knew you, but I guess I did. I'm like, bruh. I told you a hundred times, I ain't shit. I told you I wasn't shit. How are you going to tell me you know me better than you know myself? Bruh, you hurt your own feelings at this point. Because I told you a hundred times, bruh. A hundred times. Like, I'm nice, but I'm not necessarily kind. I'm just polite. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not in the heart the kindest person ever type shit, like, I do fucked up shit, but, and I, but, I, I, like, at that point in time, that was a kind, I was telling her for months, I'm not the one, you don't, like, walk away, unless I'm calling you just to, to come fuck, just leave me, like, walk away, and she didn't want to listen, and she hurt her own feelings, bro, how you gonna tell me, I thought I knew you, but I guess you, you knew yourself better, 
Huh? Girls want toxic, bro. Girls don't... Because a nice guy that's not toxic, he might be too nice and it's boring. Girls want that adrenaline rush, that up and down roller coaster, it, that hormonal release. And then they want to be able to feel like they can change you or they want to feel like they're the one that's going to change you. That's why hoes keep getting hoes. Like, that's why niggas that fuck keep fucking. Because girls always think they're going to be the special one. Like, this is not a fairy tale. I'm sorry. And that leads me to my next point, though, right? Because every guy is going to go through that phase at one point in time. Damn near every guy. Like, whether you get the attention from the girls and the ability to fuck a lot of girls early or later in life, you will go through it. And that's when you realize what you want, though. But every guy, I feel like, has to go through that. And if they don't go through that, then a lot of time, or if they're in it and they try to settle down early, then they'll end up cheating. That's where the curiosity part that I was talking about comes into play. Because they'll see a girl that they're physically attracted to, and they're like, damn, I wonder what it's like to have sex with her. Just for one night, or you know what I'm saying? That curiosity, that physical curiosity. Um, and this is, I guess, the point that ties that together because guys are want sex, right? And once you've had enough sex, you realize that sex isn't everything. That what makes sex good is the intimacy that's followed by it, right? And a lot of guys, especially young guys, that haven't gone through that phase of having or have the ability to have sex with a lot of girls don't get to understand that right so let's say guys like more nerdier smart because you know girls are especially from high school on they're gonna pick the athletes the jocks the guys that all girls are after right so those guys are kind of being overlooked but later on in life they're the guys that become the ceos we all know that right but when so once they get that power that status that money now now they have the ability to get all the girls right and so, with that, now they're going to go through their phase later on than others. While the other guy, the jocks, da, 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 they kind of settled down a lot earlier because they went through that in high school and they under, they got the understanding. Intimacy over just sex. And so, when you get to that point where you understand intimacy over just sex, you can see a girl that's might be the Miss America, beautiful. But you won't even want to really look her way or have sex with her because you understand there's no intimacy there. No matter how good she looks, the sex won't really be as good as your partner, you know. And I don't know, obviously, everyone is more conscious of what stages they're at if they really think about it. Like me personally, I'm kind of towards the end of that stage. Uh, now it's kind of like a flip Like I've seen the intimacy part and obviously that's what I seek. Um, but I'll have like moments where like, it's like, damn, I need a nut. So I'll just go and do whatever I need to do to get that nut. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I'm towards the back end of it. So I'm just about out. That's why I said I want to do like one last hurrah in these streets. Uh, I don't know how long that hurrah is going to last. Could be two months. Could be a month. Could be a year. Could be till I'm 30. I don't know. But I do want my last hurrah to really tie off these last little loose ends. <laughs> so I know, okay, this is for sure what I want. Then I know I won't ever have that curiosity I barely have it now. Like I look at the girl, I'm like, and eh, whatever, like, but that ensures no curiosity. Um, and I think the main thing is in looking for that, in that search for intimacy and getting that curiosity out is making sure you treat these women right. Um, and this is a message for the guys. Uh, 
really think about how you treat women because <clears throat> in the end, the girl that you treated right will be there at your side, right? Yes, you have your friends, you have your buddies. It's all cool, it's all good. Like, love my bros. Uh, let's say you, God forbid, you're 60s, 70s, whatever, you, you're sick, you're on your deathbed in the hospital. Your homies, your friends, your bros, they're going to have their own families. They're going to come visit you here and there. They're going to go back home. Um, the one girl that you treated right and you treated good and you treated her with respect and gave her all the love and loyalty, she'll be there at your side on your worst day, on your final days. She's going to be the one screaming at the nurses, come change and come change them like if you can't change yourself, she'll, or she'll be the one to change you. She'll be the one taking care of you. She'll be the one fighting all your battles that you can't fight. So keep that in mind as you, you know, you think you're all big and bad now. You're fucking all, every girl, treating them terrible, lying, breaking their hearts. Think about that. Because if that one comes through and you fuck it up, then you never find another one after that. You will die alone. And you will die sad with a lot of regret. So I think that fuckboy mentality on that, I want to fuck around at any cost possible. I'm not saying don't go out and experiment and learn. Like, I've, I'm an advocate for being a hoe. Um, but there's a way to go about it. This, you could do it without lying and being honest, you know. And that's just the, that I think that's the the lesson to be gotten from this. Because, um, like I said, in the end... Your friends, your family, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, uh, for the most part, they'll have their own families. They won't be there at your side 24-7, like the girl that, that you choose, that you do you, you do right by. So keep that in mind, guys. All for being a fuckboy, but keep that in mind. It's, it's, a, it's a cold world out here. I don't know if you guys have heard of the five-second rule. If you haven't, I say you look at it in depth and find a way to apply it to your life all right um if y'all remember a few episodes back we we're talking about how to change your life your actions your behavior right and it starts with a thought thought turns to an idea idea turns to a plan plan turns to an action the way you are able to change your life you change your actions right but you got to go all the way back up the ladder to, ladder to changing your thoughts and every time obviously it goes from thought to idea to action to plan, to action, it gets a little bit stronger and a little harder to get rid of, right? So the the five-second rule is based off that same science, and it's crazy because it came from a completely different person, and I could relate it all the way back to that. Um, and the five-second rule is also proven. Um, it's basically like your life is equal to your decisions. We all know that. But your decision isn't just doing, you know. Every time you're silent or you don't act, that's a decision that's affecting you. A lot of the of those are based off hesitations, right? You're hesitating to do something. You want to do something, but you decide not to, so you stay silent. You want to do something, but you hesitate one second, and then boom, now you're not acting on it anymore. Um, and a lot of our problems could actually be based back to those hesitations, right, at certain moments. And why is that, though, right? Why do we hesitate? Um, our brain, right, from way back in the day, was built to help us survive, right? It wants us to avoid anything that's scary, stressful, you know, gives us anxiety, um, anything risky, right? 
And how does it do that? It does that by anytime we get an idea that might be dangerous, it really just tells, convinces us not to and finds a way to get us to talk ourselves out of it. Right. But I guess in the times we are now, risky and scary and little stressful situations aren't necessarily life or death. But your brain still treats it as if those could be something like being starting a business or starting something else for yourself or, um, I don't know, like starting something, doing something that's uncommon, but that could be better for you, right? Your brain will still see that as a life or death, survival, non-survival situation and talk you out of doing it. I think about it, have you ever been in class, right? And a professor asks a question. And you know the answer. And for a split second, you want to raise your hand, you hesitate, someone else, boom, gets the answer. You're like, oh, that could have been me. You know what I'm saying? We've all had those moments. And the five-second rule basically claims that when a thought or an idea like that, that's really beneficial to you, but that might be perceived as risky, pops up in your head, you have five seconds to act on it or less. And within that time, if you don't, then... Your brain will find a reason for you not to do it, and you'll talk yourself out of doing it. Um, like people that are like, I wanna, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna work hard, and tomorrow's gonna be the first day of my new life, or and whatever you set your new life to be. And then you're like, I'm gonna wake up early. I'm gonna start at five a.m. When your alarm rings at four fifty five a.m. There's a five-second window for you to get up, turn off your alarm, hop in the shower, start your day. And if you don't in that moment, you'll be like, eh, I'll start tomorrow. Or I'll start a little bit later. You hit that snooze button. Done. You won't, It's done. You're not going to do it anymore. It's over. And how many times have y'all gone through that? I know me personally a lot. The minute you don't get up that second, you're like, eh, you hesitate. Boom, it's done. And those little moments like that accumulate. And before you know it, you're living a completely different life than you could have been living or that you wanted to live. And then everything now turns into a habit. And so that's why I said the five-second rule is something we should all really look deeper into and learn to implement into our own life because we all, we all do it. We all do it, you know? And it's just, when are you going to be able to be like, ah, not today. Bam. Or boom, the minute you think it, great idea, I'm going to move on it right now. And start changing your life five seconds at a time. You know what I'm saying? The five second rule really relates to the knowledge action gap is what they call it. You have the knowledge. Let's say you set a goal or a plan and, or somewhere you want to end up. And you have the knowledge. You know step by step how to get there. Or if you want to do something, you're one Google search away literally from getting all the information that you need and all the step-by-step to doing that. People like dropshipping, whatever. You're going to Google how to, da, 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 how to start this, how to do this, how to make money doing this. And people will give you a step-by-step <laughs> guide on how to get to that goal, that plan, or you already know, right? So that's the knowledge part. And then there's a little gap and then there's an action, actually going ahead and do it, actually deciding that I'm going to work out or I'm going to take the first step through, I'm going to go back to school. So that's the action, the first step. And there's a little gap. And that five-second rule is really that gap. You know, it's five, ten seconds where you could decide 
to do it right away or you hesitate and you'll keep putting it off. You'll keep putting it off. You'll keep putting it off and you'll never do it. Right. It's a, it's a slippery slope. I hear this a lot. If you, if you don't got this going in your life, if you can't motivate me, if we can't talk about bettering ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, don't talk to me. Don't be my friend. Bitch. All right. <laughs> Everybody wants to be surrounded by all these high quality people that have so much to offer, so much knowledge, advice. And they themselves don't have shit to bring to the fucking table. They can't even hold a fucking conversation. Why the fuck do you think these type of people will be will want to be around you? You think these type of people will want to be able to share knowledge and have intricate conversations with you? Conversation is a two-way thing, right? Sharing knowledge is a two-way thing. If someone is giving you all this information, all this knowledge, and you have nothing to offer, it's draining to them. You're literally draining energy and information from them. And if if you have nothing to give, what makes you think that person will ever be want to be around you? It becomes a one-way conversation, like you're talking to a wall, right? With no feedback, no contrast, no you know exchanging of words that kind of lead to... A, upper level of understanding you know a lot of people want all these high like i said a lot of people want all these high quality people around them but they themselves are high quality people you are who you are surrounded by we know that's a fact right five millionaires in the room you walk in there you're bound to be the sixth millionaire but these five millionaires aren't just gonna let you in the fucking room all right Let's be realistic. You want to be surrounded by all these people that you want to be on their level, but you have a, have a certain ability or something to offer for you to even be allowed in a certain room. So a lot of you, before you start talking about, you can't be around me unless you motivate me, make sure you can be around people that you are motivating. Huh? Does that make sense? Do I need to say slower? Because a lot of y'all aren't even looking in the mirror. You're looking outwards. I'm surrounded by bums. but Probably because you're a bum. You're probably the leader of the bums. Come on now. Look in the mirror. Become a better person. And the better people will come to you. And then then, it, you'll, then you'll get to that level. You know. And who you're surrounded by matters so much. Because like I said. You're in a room of, with five millionaires. You're bound to be the six. Or you'll get to $950,000. You'll be pretty damn close, right? And so if you're around a whole bunch of crackheads, you're bound to be the next crackhead. But why is that? There's literally a science behind this, right? Um, And I forgot the exact study. Uh, I was reading it. It was like they took a bunch of kids and made them watch a behavior. And in this particular experiment, it was like a risky behavior. Let's say, um, I don't remember the exact example, but I'll use this one. Uh, So let's say... They took a bunch of kids and they showed them somebody drinking on a TV screen. So the first time they saw them drinking, they had like uh, stress levels were up. I think anxiety was up. Just a whole bunch of negative responses. And then they came back the next day and made them watch it again. And every time they saw their behavior, their like stress levels, anxiety went down, right? And so they attributed to, let's say you don't drink. And you go to a party and somebody offers you a drink. You're like, nah, I don't drink. So you, I'm not saying, you're not going to drink. So you don't drink. But let's say you keep going to that party. You keep going to a party. You keep going to those parties. Eventually, one day, someone's going to offer you a drink and you'll drink it. Because you are desensitizing yourself to that behavior, right? And this works, obviously, in a positive and a negative way. Uh, why do you think people still smoke 
in 2020. We all know it's terrible for us, right? The tobacco industry is still making money. And if you look at who's smoking, though, it's people that are surrounded in environments where other people are smoking. And when they're around it so much, they get desensitized to how bad it really is. And then it's a lot easier and it's a lot more common. It really is more inviting for you to join in because it, because it's kind of becomes a social standard, right? And if you're in that group a lot, you'll start doing it. And like I said, when it works, that's an, obviously a negative aspect, right? Positive aspect is like you're people that love to learn and you're not necessarily someone that loves to learn. But over time, you'll start wanting to learn more. Uh, and so that's something we have to be mindful of. Like drinking and driving is the same thing. Like, you know, it's bad. You do it one time. And oh, oh, yeah. And they also said, like, the first time you do it, you get like kind of an endorphin release almost. Something like, and then, then you'll get, then you'll likely do it more and it becomes a habit. So it's just who you're surrounded by matters on that aspect because if you're in a room with people, complaining all the time and they're miserable you're going to be miserable and you're going to do everything that they do so keep that in mind with that being said that's really all i had to talk about today uh my mind is literally jumbled i don't know if i'm sick if i'm tired if it's too early right now i don't know i can't think straight um i wish y'all the best i wish y'all safety i pray for all you guys safety um especially in times like this um, I hope everyone's good and happy and stay safe out here. Treat this shit like a zombie fucking apocalypse. Stay away from motherfuckers. Social distancing. You heard? Um, nah, because you really don't know who got what at what point in time when it's going to pop up. So be careful. They're talking about 60, 70% of people will get corona. Um, you just want to outlast it because you don't want to be the, the exception to the rule. You know what I'm saying? Percentages matter. Um, obviously, when they're like... 5% of people die. Well, guess who it doesn't matter to? The fucking 5%. And you don't want to get caught as a 5%. That's why, you know, you might think you're all healthy 100%, but you might be that one person or that one out of a thousand, you know. So just be careful out here. Stay safe. That's something I need to be mindful of myself. Um, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you took some information in today that can help help you get better, I guess, at the end of all this. Um, I mean, it's time when we're not going out, we're saving money. Uh, I think a lot of us could come out of this on top. A lot of businesses will crash. It's essentially is the start of a recession. Um, and the virus was the catalyst. And now everything's going down. And so be like vultures, you know. <laughs> when all this is over, the carcasses are done. Everything is done. Everything's in motion and saw rubble. Pop out the ashes and make something shake for yourself. This is an opportunity that a lot of us have been waiting for to kind of get a chance to step in and create stuff where there's going to be a need, you know. But first, like I said, stay safe, be happy. Post-quarantine is going to be lit, I'm telling y'all. I love y'all. appreciate y'all. Like, share, comment, send to a friend. It's quarantine time. Y'all ain't got better shit to do anyways. If I catch you, cough on me, please. I'm trying to get out of work. We're still getting paid. You're <laughs> deuces.